Hello and welcome to Field Notes, a podcast about linguistic fieldwork. I'm Martha Sutsui Billens, and today's interview is with Madoka Hamine, who is a PhD student at University of Lapland in Finland. Madoka is a heritage speaker of Yayama, and she's currently researching teaching and learning of indigenous languages. Uh, at the moment, she's finalizing her PhD thesis entitled Embracing Multilingualism in Education, based on her fieldwork in both Finland and Japan. She is from the Ryukyuan Islands, and she's been active in language revitalization and language reclamation research focusing on Yayama, her heritage language, for several years. Okay, so today I would like to welcome Madoka Hamine onto the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. I'm so glad that you could join us. So to start, how did you get into linguistics? Yeah, it was a very gradual step because my first degree, I did it in um, language teaching. It was not linguistic, linguistic. I grew up in the Ryukyus in Japan, in the southern part of Japan. And when I was younger, I wanted to go and see other parts or outside of the Ryukyus. And I was also interested in learning other languages. And obviously in Japan, the first foreign language was English. And I, I studied English and I, I went to America for exchange. And I, I saw, oh, it's so diverse. When I'm in Japan, it's like, it's pretty much monolingual and monoculture and monoracial. So when I was in the States, I noticed that, oh, there are so many different cultures and also different kinds of languages. So that's why I was interested in languages. But then when I came back to Japan and when I went to um, Tokyo for my bachelor degree, I studied language teaching and I wanted to become an English teacher. Um, but oh, right. yes, but in Tokyo, I noticed that everyone sees me as an Okinawan mm. and it was a very strange experience for me because I thought I was Japanese. But then when I go to Tokyo in mainland Japan, people see me as an Okinawan. And then I went to the university library. And I started reading about Okinawa. And then I noticed that we have another language in Okinawa. Until then, mm -hmm. I didn't notice. And I learned that both my grandmas have their own language, which are Okinawan and Yayaman. And, and that's why I became interested in um, linguistics and education and language teaching. Yeah. That's that's so interesting. Can you give some language context about Yayama for people who aren't familiar with it? Yes, Yayama is um, one of the Ryukyuan languages. It is considered as an endangered language. And within Yayama, there are different kinds of varieties. 
and different different islands within Yayama, they have different variety of Yayama. And there is there is no statistics on um, the number of its speakers. The the variety I am focusing on, which is spoken in Miyala village of Ishigaki Island of the Yayama, it is said around three hundred people speak this variety. And they're all elderly, right? Yes, mostly. Yes. So can you talk a bit about your field work? Like when, how many times have you done field work and have you done field work in other areas of the Ryukyus? Uh, for my, for my PhD thesis, I've done also field work in Finland. <laughs> I, for my first field work was in Finland. I focused on Sami languages and their education, how they are teaching Sami languages. And I, f- I focused on teachers who are teaching Sami. Oh, cool. And how that might relate to the Yayama context or how it could translate over to language revitalization in the Ryukyus? Yeah. After, after doing two field work, one in Finland and one in the Ryukyus, I noticed there are very different kinds of language attitude, which I am focusing on on my PhD thesis. In Finland, I met a lot of young people who are Sami and who are learning their heritage language, their Sami language, and they are very happy to learn their languages. But when I came back to my own community and when I interview young people, they want to learn, but sometimes they have this um, negative language attitude, which comes from old generation, and they think their language is not good to learn, and which makes me really sad because it's my own heritage. And yeah, mm. do you think besides just feeling negative attitude towards the language itself, they might also have negative feelings towards their own proficiency in the language. Like in my experience in Mm -hmm. Amami, um, it depends on the person, of course, but I I collected so many stories from either elders who said, oh, young people don't know how to speak correctly. Their their Shimaguchi, their Amami is terrible. Mm -hmm. Or from young people who said, oh, I really don't like to speak Amami with my elders because I'm not sure if I'm being polite enough. Yes, Mm -hmm. definitely. I find the similar similar attitude from young young speakers of the Yayama language. They are very afraid of speaking the Yayama language because they are not confident. They are afraid that they will make mistakes, which is natural when we are learning a new language. It's natural to make mistakes. Yeah. And also, especially because um, in Yayama honorifics, it's very complicated. It's more complicated than Japanese. If we make a mistake when using honorifics toward elder generation, like my grandma, my grandma's generation, 80 years old, it's really rude. You cannot do this. The society is, culture is very um, hierarch- hierarchical. Hierarchical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure either. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to always show respect. And honorifics is one of these 
important thing to keep in mind. Yeah, definitely. I think as an English speaker, or when I'm trying to explain this idea to other English speakers who don't、mm-hmm. speak a language that has honorifics in the way that Japanese and Ryukyuan languages do, it's hard to imagine、mm. how this holds young people back.、Mm. But, but it really is a, a big problem if you can't use the, the proper honorifics. You can't, you know, for、mm. example, if you want to get a job, you have to be able to use Keigo honorifics. Yes. At least、it's, in Japanese. Yes. In Japanese, it's important, but I think even more important in the Ryukyu, Ryukyu languages, for example, in Yayama, because there are differences when you want to speak to people who are over 80s. You use different type of、um, norifics, and when you speak to people who are over 50, for example, From 50、oh, wow. to 70, we use different and <laughs> for the younger generation, same. For example, the, if I speak to my friends, I don't need to use honorifics at all. So、yeah. it's more complicated. Yeah.、Mm. Is, do you think that's to do with、uh, the generations? Like, oh, my grandparents are around 80, so I use these honorifics with grandparents, but then these. Other honorifics are for parents around 50, or is it really about like once you hit 50, you get one honorific, and once you hit 80, you get another honorific? Yeah, I think it depends on the age in、okay. general.、Mm. And in the village, for example, in my village where I do my field work, everyone knows which year you are born and which, even month, which month you are born. So, you For example, when you go to visit people's houses for funeral, you have to sit in a line according、mm-hmm. to the age. If you are one month old, one month older, you have to show respect to this person. You cannot sit in front of this person. Yeah.、Mm. In Ishigaki, is that where your grandmother's family is from or is it another island completely? Ishigaki is、uh, my, my father's family is from. And my、okay. grandma and my relatives, they are still there. Uh huh. So,、mm-hmm. so when you're doing fieldwork in Ishigaki, you're, you're really like an insider community member.、Mm, yes. How do you think your experience as an insider researcher affects your fieldwork? Do you think there are particular challenges that come s with being an insider or particular benefits?、Mm. I think、uh, because I sometimes go to the field also with other researchers who are not insider and I see people change if I, if I go alone、mm-hmm. and if I go with other researchers who are from outside,、mm-hmm. people change. <laughs> Some things they talk to me, only to me, and they don't talk to outside researchers. And for example, some researchers from outside, when they come to my community, people say, Oh, I'm so happy. You are from, I don't know, from Europe, and you are studying our language. It's so good. They are so happy. But when I go, Sometimes I met, I've met people who tell me, Oh, why you speak j 
Japanese, you speak English, and you are, you went out to study abroad, and why you are studying our language again? Kind of attitude. And it was hard because, um, it was from my own community. And I don't know, it, I noticed, um, this kind of They want me to be outside, but they don't want me to actually learn the language. It's a、mm. little bit difficult for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting.、Mm. Um, I wonder if maybe it's something like when outsiders come to research Yayama,、mm. they feel like it's giving some value to the language, but when you're studying Yayama, they, they feel like, oh, it doesn't have, the, I don't know, maybe it doesn't have value or it's not going to do anything for you and they're invested、mm. in your future as a young community member.、Mm. I don't know exactly why, but、mm. I called, I wrote one article about it and I called this a、uh, I call this phenomenon as a linguistic self-orientalism. People devalue our own language and, for example, one person told me, Oh, you are so, you are beautiful and you are, you went to university. So that's why I don't want to speak to you in my own language. Oh and, no. Yes, it was very sad. <laughs> yeah. If you, they have this kind of,、um, Um, I don't know how to call it.、Um, if like self deprecating? Yeah. Yeah. If you go to university, you're not supposed to speak this、mm. language. Kind of, this kind of,、mm, yeah. Attitude. But, but definitely there are also advantages as an insider. For example, I feel More connected, I feel because people talk to me about my grandma when she was young, how she was, and also my grandpa, he already passed away. But when I'm in the field, some people, some old people who know my grandpa, they talk about him, and I really feel connected. With my family and when I speak my own language, I feel I am connected more. Also, at first my grandma didn't want to speak to me in Yayama, but when I kept speaking it to her, one day she changed. One day she changed and she started speaking to me in Yayama and I was so happy. I was I felt like, oh, now she's able to speak to me in Yayama.、Mm-hmm. And I felt、yeah. very emotional.、Mm. Yeah, that's so special.、Mm. Going, going back to that about young people who want to speak to their elders, this isn't r- directly related to fieldwork, but what advice would you give to young heritage speakers or young community members who want to speak their Their language with their family, but they don't have confidence or they're worried that someone will get upset. Do you have any advice for that situation? I think the one advice I could give to them is not to give up. 
because I have, I have experienced also some negative attitude, which are, which is because of the history and, and trauma that the old people have, but don't react to it. I, mm -hmm. I, I think if you, if you, it's not their fault. And, mm -hmm. um, if you keep doing your effort someday, some people understand and they start speaking the language to you. Mm -hmm. And one, once you get any person, once you get one person who speaks to you in that language, it becomes much easier. Mm -hmm. mm. I think it's something like learning a new language. It's always you. First, at first, you have some mistakes and you make mistakes, but then if you if you try again and again and you have you can communicate in that language and it makes it makes you so happy it makes you feel like you gain another personality almost almost like you are another person when you speak in another language and if you if it is your heritage language it's even more important and it's even more emotional <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm, I think. So don't give up. <laughs> awesome. And finally, what advice would you give to someone who wants to record their their heritage language or what advice would you give to someone who wants to record their community language but maybe they don't have much training or they don't have any training? What what's your recommendation for where to start? I think you don't need to you don't necessarily need to have a specific training, but if you have a motivation, the first thing you can you could do is to go to the elder elder people and talk to them and try to help them. And um, if you are from that community, you can talk. You can ask them about your own grandma or grandpa. Mm -hmm. And they will be more than happy to tell you about your ancestors <laughs> and how it, how the life was before you were born. So you can start from this small visit <laughs> to mm -hmm. houses of the people, I think. Yeah. Mm. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Maddie. <laughs> I hope it helped. <laughs> Lastly, can you tell our listeners where they can learn more about your work? I'll link the paper you mentioned, but if they want to know more about your research or more about Yayama, where can they where can they go? Mm, they can visit the university web website. My university is the University of Lapland in Finland, and I have my own page. And there are articles you can read and. Some of the articles I write in English, so you can also read about it. Okay, great. So yes. I'll, I'll link the university or I'll link your page on the University mm. of Lapland website. Mm. Um, and then people can, can read more about your work. Thank you, Maddie. No, not at all. Thank you. Thank you, Martha. Bye.
You've been listening to Field Notes, a podcast about linguistic fieldwork. This podcast is hosted and produced by Martha Satsui Billens with production help from Laura Satsui. Our music is by Lobo Loco and our logo is by Evil Designs. If you have a question or fieldwork experience to share, you can email us at fieldnotespod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at lingfieldnotes. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us an Apple podcast review. Thanks for listening. Thank you.